never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Hello there and welcome to the Video Nasties podcast. My name's Christopher Brown. Horror films can quite frequently divide opinion. I remember when I was in my early 20s and a friend watched the film we're going to talk about today and warned me off it. Warned me off it not because it was too terrible or violent, but because he thought it was just dire. However, there's another story about this. The film... When it was, uh, was the US released the film, which was a slightly different cut, was used by Quentin Tarantino uh, to explain to his actors the kind of thing that they wanted to do when they were making the film Grindhouse. It kind of encapsulating all the weird zaniness and the silliness and the, the excellent entertainment that can be brought from a, from a trashy B-movie and uh, some of the tricks that he was going to play on the audience as well. I'm always in mixed feelings about Zombie Holocaust. I've always found it great fun myself, although I'm very aware how trashy it really is. Lengthy lingering shots of uh, women stripping naked and uh, the obvious uh, the, the cannibalness and then the fact zombies appear out of nowhere as well. Kind of mixing all these different genres together. And indeed, obviously, it's name, a mixture maybe of, of, of you know, highlights and zombie being the... Uh, the Dawn of the Dead film, and, and obviously Zombie 2, which from uh, 1977, 78, which uh, the, the, Lu- the Lucia Fulci film. Indeed, uh, the film itself was named Zombie 3 at one point, but shouldn't be confused with the actual Zombie 3, which is the Bruno Maitai Lucia Fulci clusterfuck that came out in 1988. It seems almost, you know, well, you're like Cannibal Holocaust, and you're like, Zombie, but just going to smash those two together. And it's hard not to be kind of a bit down on the film from that point of view. But the film's so mad, it's so crazy, it's so silly, it throws so many great ideas at you. It's hard to um, ignore. And indeed in America, under the the name Dr. Butcher MD, the film was kind of seen as a bit of a grungy OTT cult classic for me personally I've always thought that Zombie Holocaust unlike lots of Grindhouse trashy 42nd Street films actually delivers the thing that you're being promised which is a fun time a silly time and a a time with some uh, well tits, gore, violence silly dialogue and it's uh, it even looks grimy and uh, and and uh, gritty and grainy as well. It's perfect from that point of view. You can imagine sitting in a hot, sweaty, horrible theatre, you know, late at night while that runs, wondering whether you're going to get stabbed in the, when New York was on, on its knees, you know.
This is the symbol of the sect of Keto. You were right. It's the same. Peter? Did they ever make blood sacrifices to this god? Oh, yes, they did, and with human victims. morning I will transplant your brain into one of the cadavers you saw in the other room. You will die only to live again in a younger body. Then you can tell me if the operation was a success. What it's like to pass from life to death and death to life. Peter, be careful! Okay, so, the first thing I'd say about the film, obviously this didn't affect it when I was on VHS, you know, when obviously we're talking about the video side of stuff. Indeed, the graininess of, of, of VHS, and then, in truth, the graininess of this film initially probably helped. It was always going to be murky. But to kind of understand exactly where these people are coming from when they made the film, you have to understand that it's an exceptionally grainy film. And if you look at the Blu-ray now, it looks like it's in a snowstorm in places. And it's terrible. It's, it looks okay during the day because uh, you can get enough light in. But the second it goes to night scenes and it starts with night scenes, it has this heavy grain. And the reason for that is simply because the filmmakers shot it in two perf technoscope. Two perf technoscope decides that you basically use save money by using half as much film stock as you would otherwise. So the picture is always going to be grotty and grim and grainy because you're using half the amount of film than you should do. And I think that says a lot. You know, it's, uh, it, 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 it's desperately trying to save money. It's desperately trying to, you know, get this film out and get it in the theatres as cheaply, as quickly and easily as possible, but still deliver the things it needs to. Nudity and violence. So what is Zombie Holocaust? Well... In Italian, it is also called Zombie Holocaust. You just lose that A there. 1980, Italian horror film, directed by Marino Giolami. Film's about these scientists who um, follow these corpses to a, a Pacific island where they meet a mad doctor, played by Donald O'Brien, who performs experiments on the living and 
corpses in his uh, jungle laboratory. The Doctor's a bad lad and um, starts to uh, attack members of the team, which includes um, Ian McCulloch, who we've already spoken about and spoken about his career when we talked about contamination and zombie flesh eaters. And the story involves, you know, who will get away from the clutches of the Doctor and uh, who will become part of his horrible experiments. So it's a film that travels across the globe. We start in New York and we end up on a Pacific island. Glamorous as that that is. But of course, it wasn't actually filmed in this Pacific island. It was filmed in New York City and then Latino, Lazio, in, in Italy as well. So, <laughs> once again, and in fairness, if we're being brutally honest, it doesn't look like a Pacific island. It does look like Mediterranean one with lots of, a very, a, better, a very green one. So the film was directed by uh, Marino Gialami, who um, was, uh, well, he was originally a professional boxer. He started off as a bit of an actor and then became assistant director before getting into directing, directing musical comedies and melodramas, really. Gun for hire for, uh, for B-movies, like a lot of the people we've spoken about have been in truth. He was a prolific um, genre director though making 78 films in 30 years and would work wherever he needed to such as spaghetti westerns crime thrillers and of course horror with most notably here um, zombie holocaust although he was not averse to work and also in hardcore porn as well he was the older brother of, of, of his director Romano Girolami who worked uh, with Marino in uh, films such as um, well My Friend Dr. Jackal which is an Italian comedy and um, and his film despite um, you know very much wanted to kind of uh, replicate the, 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 the successes of zombie flash eaters so hence the reason why Ian McCulloch is in there but there's a number of that also of course use and make do as well from a soundtrack point of view Nico Fidenko uh, provides the music but it was kind of not really provided as such it was basically um, the soundtrack from Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals that had been regurgitated I haven't really spoken about the Black Emmanuel films on this podcast but these are a succession of um, quite sleazy um, Italian spin-offs from the Emmanuel films so you can imagine <laughs> you know the Emmanuel films were pretty, pretty softcore of course laziness, but these were kind of ramps up. So obviously we, we, we mixed softcore porn with, um, with a cannibal theme in that film. And that music does lend itself way well to this film. Though it, has, it does have a quite droney, buzzy soundtrack in places, an ominousness to, to the proceedings. And indeed the film itself was filmed on the same sets as uh, Lucio Fulci Zombie. Again, uh, trying to, you know, mixture of emulating the successes of the past, but doing this as cheaply as humanly possible. Now, our, our you know, very, uh, very much as we've spoken of the music already, this was provided by Alexandra Delicoli, who, um, although probably very famous for this film, 
Um, she was also uh, known for uh, the New York Ripper as well in 82, the little show full sheet um, slash, uh, slash Jallo uh, movie. And of course, Sherry Buchanan as well, who um, was brought up in, in America, but uh, really got involved with the uh, Italian film industry. Making an acting debut in the Jallo. What have they, they done to your daughters? Very famous, very good. And um, worked in TV and commercials, and then before finally um, deciding to uh, to leave the industry, go back to America and study sociology before doing occasional Italian film roles um, in the future. The reason why she uh, decided to leave the industry, her understanding was that Arson is that she. Um, when she was in the um, exploitation film Emmanuel and Joanne from 1979, they used a body double for to insert hardcore sex scenes into the film to kind of bulk it, bulk it out, as it were, to uh, to to make it a bit more risque than she was expecting it to be, and therefore she realised therefore that she'd obviously been exploited, and uh, decided to step away from the Italian film industry at that point. Before we get on to Donald O'Brien. Um, I suppose we should tell the story about how the film uh, World War was released. So it got released in Italy, 1980, uh, grossed 300 million Italian lira, which seems like a lot. Lira <laughs> you know, is a funny, it uh, was a funny currency back in the day, wasn't it? Um, but it, what it, it, two years later, it was released in America. It was released in America in a very heavily edited version. Some, some of the um, some, there was some footage added, basically, including a um, a shot of a, a zombie coming out of a grave and stuff like that to kind of bulk it out. But not bulk it out, but change it. So what happened was um, Doctor Butcher MD was edited down to remove some of the plot from some super some superfluous plot, um, and um, two and a half minutes long scenes. For, from some never finished US uh, zombie flick was added in and uh, flicking around to the score as well so what they do is um, they basically the first 30 minutes before they get to the island gets a lot of that stuff gets trimmed out of Dr. Butcher MD as a title as a, as a, as a just to kind of cut it all back so from a, a you know a, I suppose if you're you know, it's it's a, it's a hacked edit job. So you get this zombie at the beginning of the film coming out of the the grave. The name is amazing. That Doctor Butcher MD MD stands for Medical Deviants. Absolutely fantastic stuff. So on Forty Second Street to to pump this hype this film up to pump it up, they had uh, women uh, models dressed as nurses uh, with syringes full of blood and really kind of obviously not at all what the film's about in any way to kind of you know hyping the film up driving around New York uh, and then you know every time they got spotted by the police kind of legging it <laughs> which is pretty because no permit to, to advertise in that way but yeah I mean if, you, if you're being really honest with you this is obviously a version of the film that uh, was not intended by the directors now you can get a bit snuffy about that kind of thing if you want to but you know I'm, I'm not convinced um, this film in particular would be the, uh, the 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 one that I'd be jumping up and down saying it's a disgrace you know it's not quite a Blade Runner is it in terms of what it's done but it is as I say a lot of fun 
And indeed, although it has variety of different uh, opinions in terms of whether it's good or not, as I've said, um, a lot, I think a lot of people are quite disappointed by it. It doesn't, after at the end of the day, involve much of a holocaust, <laughs> being honest. And that is the, the second line in it. It says holocaust, obviously alluding to cannibal holocaust instead. But I think... Um, Obviously, when you talk about, about it, and then you talk about the American sense of Dr. Butcher, MD, that puts the actor Donald O'Brien's performance really at the sense of the film, regardless of the fact it doesn't really appear till the third act. Anyway, O'Brien was a French-born Irish film and TV actor, and he'd spent, he had like nearly a 40-year career, and he was very prolific in truth. I mean, he's really known, although he'd worked um, in France and in theatre, and probably best, you know, initially known for working in like a Grand Prix, starring James Garner and Eva Marie Saint. He's probably really known for working in things like spaghetti westerns and truth, late 60s and early 70s with films like Run Man Run and um, Silver Saddle. So, you know, a little bit later in his career, he effectively worked in Italian post apocalyptic horror. Um, exploitation movies and truth uh, this started off with uh, Joe D'Amato's uh, Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals again as we've, we've discussed in terms of a, being a um, an influence on this film if I'm being honest not just the actors in it but also the kind of tone you know you get Bill and Udy and then in New York and then you travel over to, to the, where the uh, where the violence is happening where the issues and problems are and trying to understand what's going on very much like Emmanuel in there and appeared, you know, in things like The Inglorious Bastards, the original one. And um and this um this and if truth to be fair to him, his 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 mad scientist role, which is effectively what this role is in this film, does make him kind of a, a, a genre fan favourite. Um and even though he had an accident, he slipped in the bathroom and banged his head, which limited his mobility in the way he was going to work and do big soliloquies anymore and that kind of thing. He did still kind of uh, work on lots of interesting films, including In the Name of the Rose and Ghost House as well. And uh, horror fans will uh, remember him from uh, The Sect, which is the uh, the pseudo sequel to the Church from uh, nineteen ninety one, and I think certainly from although in the UK and the US, uh, sorry, the UK and the, the European uh, market very much was sold on the zombies, um, the iconic performance that. Uh, Donald O'Brien does uh, was sits very much at the heart of the uh, of of the sales pitch for in, in as Doctor Butcher MD and um, fair enough in fairness you know I mean zombies were being sold as in, in Europe because they were the most you know zombie films were doing well people love zombies because of Dawn of the Dead you know so we're talking 1980 you know what I mean so you your post-dawn, post-zombie flesh eaters, those kind of films, very popular, very grimy, very gritty, very gr- grisly, but also incredibly, uh, very, very popular, particularly with the boom of the VHS, VHS market, which was coming soon. When you talk about America, 
you know, key central performances, and, and uh, you know, they, when they what you know when they watch that film, okay, well, let's they space it. Right, let's get some of this fucking talk, and I'll do it at the start to get them to the end as quickly as possible. Let's remind them at the start of the film, this is a zombie film by putting again the, the person to come out of the grave from a and just that was just sliced in from a different movie. But let's put this interesting, intriguing performance at the heart of it, you know, and. You can criticise zombie Holocaust as much as you want, but you know when uh, Shirley Buchanan is strapped to that, to that uh, bench with her head shaved, and um, well, it's not really shaved, is it? The, the, the Blu-ray kind of indicated she's wearing a skull cap, but anyway, um, and he's talking about what he's going to do. It's, it's scary. It's creepy. It's like where the fucking hell's this going? And um, I think from that point of view, it really works. It really works because he is proper brilliant mad scientist very cold but also very forthright and, and, and feels genuinely dangerous so a fun film a film which as we've discussed takes different elements different ideas things you will have recognised if you were interested in that world already puts them into a blender and goes do you like your zombies do you like your cannibals let's fucking see them together and see what happens and a mad scientist in there as well so um, definitely one for a late night. So as I say, yeah, not one of the ones everyone jumps up and down and recommends to you. But uh, and a film that definitely has lots of great um, options. You know, it's great great ways to watch it. So from a release point of view, God, here we go. Let's have a little look at this. So there was originally a DVD. Um, but from Freak Show, from Shriek Show in two thousand and two, there's been various edits to this, um, but it was released on Blu-ray from Shriek Show in twenty eleven in the US. You can get it, I think, from Severin now with um, with Doctor Butcher MD and and Zombie Holocaust in the UK. Eighty eight Films did a new scan of the print. Um, which showed just what a fucking shit shit show that 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 prince is um, from the original native. Uh, just you know, it's it's. I think a lot of people will complain, but obviously there's done no digital no reduction. That's just the way it looks, uh, and that's available. It's definitely worth a look. Um, they did some really good eighties, um, late seventies, early eighties releases. Um, 88 films a few years ago as part of the Italian collection uh, and almost all of them are worth, are worth at least one watch and uh, certainly this one's a, a very much one of the funner ones so there's talk of a 1982 uncut VHS in the UK I can't find any evidence to that one um, but you know what do I know but there is one from 1983 the VTC VHS, which is a uh, very notorious, it's got the cover on the, uh, the 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 classic zombie Holocaust cover, cut by two minutes though for violence, and it was cut released again in uh, in nineteen eighty three with a uh, three minutes and twenty four seconds cut. Now this appears to be between the two of them, the one that was seized. Um, and as we've said before, uh, a section three seizure does not mean it went to court necessarily. It just means that the film was taken by police and then was uh, was destroyed because the video shop owner just wants to make the problem go away. Anyway, 
2016, seven releases the Zombie Holocaust, Doctor Butcher, like all the expanded versions, all the bells and whistles, the, the the most complete version of this film, and all the different opportunities or different versions of it you want to watch as well. There's also in Austria a version that has a load of just fucking everything thrown in in the card invention, bits from Doctor Butcher from other films added in to make this into a super duper jumbo version of um, of Zombie Holocaust if that's what you want however what I would argue is that if you're in the UK that 88 films cut will do you it will do you it's, it's what was the film as it was meant to be seen it's uncut it looks challenging in terms of how rough it looks but that we know as we've already said we've explained why that is as a cost cutting measure so unless you desperately want to see the Dr. Butcher MD version, if uh, go with that. If you're in the UK from the US, knock yourself out. Go for one or the other. Um, if you, uh, My understanding is Dr. Butcher MD has, a, has a, a, a more of a fondness in people's hearts for that version. I think mainly because obviously of the way it was sold. So you can turn around and say, at the end of the day, does the film deserve its hype? Well, it certainly delivers on what it promises. But does it deserve, you know, uh, lots of fondness or respect? Well, that's down to how you feel on a personal level with the film. And um, I can't recommend it to everybody, but I can recommend it to many. And it's a, f- um, if you're the type of person that just really wants his, his, his trashy movies to be fun rather than, you know, quite bleak, <laughs> then this is the zombie cannibal crossover movie for you. The Big Apple is beset with terror. Hospitals, cemeteries, and morgues have been vandalized by a series of bizarre and ghoulish robberies. Pieces of corpses have been disappearing. The secret of this perverted pilferage is traced to a tropical paradise under the spell of the maniacal medical malpracticing Dr. Butcher, conducting the most gruesome, inhuman, odious operations, all in the name of medical science. You can tell me if the operation was a success, what it's like to pass from life to death and death life. Those who fall under the care of this very incompetent physician quickly discover that their pain is his gain. Dr. Butcher, MD, his next operation may be your last. Whoops, almost got into a bit of a re- review mindset there. That's uh, not like me, breaks the rules. But, um, uh, well, you know, it's, it is what it is. And I think, you know, sometimes I think, something, you know, let's not take these things too seriously. That's, that's that's all I'll say. Uh, if you don't, and uh, you, you're going to probably have a good time with this one. Anyway, thanks very much for all the lovely and kind words um, and people who've been in touch with me. Apologies for being uh, slow to get to put a new episode out. The reason for that was Liverpool won the Champions League. Yes, so I was very hungover uh, to a to a just ludicrous degree. And um, then I went on holiday. Um, so we're going to try and get one out next week. And then we're going to have another week off because uh, I'm in London for the baseball. So apologies about that. But um, it's baseball, man. Red Sox are playing with it. Yankees, what you want from me. Um, but yeah, thanks so much to people who've been in contact and all the really lovely and, and genuine uh, feedback from people. It is, it is great. 
including uh, the guys the video nasty podcast guys the video nasty project who uh, do youtube videos where they talk about the 72 films that's an ongoing project at the moment people have said some very kind words and reached out and also gore blimey as well who does um the trilogy of terror uh, podcast who um was very kind about the norman j warren uh, article uh, well uh, podcast uh, mainly because i seem to have uh, been able to fit in uh, allow allow and um Dario Gento and Pete Walker into one podcast, which is fair enough. Um, sometimes I think the, co- the contents of these things turn into a bit of a fever dream, <laughs> you know. Anyway, if you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is videonastypodcast at gmail.com. My Twitter is at orange underscore monkey, or you can go to either website, videonastypodcast.com or thelastrowpodcast.com and these comments on any of the articles and the things that you see there. Next week, and it will be next week, we are going to cover Bloodlust, which nobody knows the film is under that name. That's the one it was on the video title. It was far better known as the film Mosquito the Rapist, which is a German, I think, uh, movie. I haven't watched it in about three or four years, so I will do rewatch that this week. I remember really liking it actually so um, quite gr- again quite grotty but um, very interesting and uh, with a film with a tight like Mosquito the Rapist you could probably guess it's uh, it's quite an unusual number it's it's not what you think it is from that Bloodlust is quite a good name for it actually but it's a good uh, it's an interesting killer movie anyway until then take care and I will speak to you soon goodbye seen a video nasty i wouldn't i have far too much how, how can you judge on a video nasty? oh you've seen one i actually don't need to see visually what i know is in that film Yes, but how did Obrero know where we were? Because I didn't tell him on the radio that we were on a different island to the one that he thought we were on. And yet he didn't hesitate for one second to tell us to go to the old mission. I guess just the fact that we'd run into cannibals was enough to tell him where we were. Now, this island's hiding something. Something even worse than those cannibals. And Obrero's done everything he can to keep us away from here. In the first place, he sent us to the wrong island, using Mulatto to make sure. And did you notice back there just how anxious he was that we should get away? Do you think that what he wants to hide has something to do with the strange creature who saved us? No. It's possible.